Hello, and welcome to the e-commerce pros podcast, where we chat with the experts of online selling to help you increase your sales. Today, we are speaking with Shai Eisenman, who is the founder and CEO of Bubble, a fast-growing skincare company targeted at the Gen Z market. Launched less than a year ago, Bubble's products are already on the shelves of over 3,800 Walmart stores nationwide. Shai believes in leveraging the power of influencer marketing to build brand awareness and drive sales. Using a combination of brand ambassadors, TikTokers, and celebrity influencers, Bubble continues to gain market share and grow its follower base online. In this episode, we dive deep into Shai's insight into influencer marketing, how to truly listen and learn from your customers, and so much more. So let's get started. The e-commerce pros podcast is brought to you by VideoFresh. VideoFresh makes it easier than ever to get the custom video content you need for your e-commerce products. Learn more at videofresh.co. Shai, thank you so much for speaking with me today. To kick things off, share with us something insightful that you've learned at this stage of your entrepreneurial journey. I'm very fortunate that this is the fourth company that I'm running in my life and the second company that I founded. And in the first three, I constantly assume that I know what's best for our consumers. And I constantly assume that every problem that I have is must be the exact same problem that each and every one of our consumers are having. And I think the biggest shift and the thing I've learned the most is to listen to customers and truly kind of being all around what customers want and what customers need and not what about we think they need. And that has transitioned everything in our entire approach, in the entire strategy, in our entire thought process. Um, and in the first focus group that we did was late 2018. Um, and I came into this focus group knowing I know everything that there is to know about this customer because I read it online and I was a teen not long ago and I know exactly what teens are looking for and exactly what young people's problems are. And then I came into this focus group and was blown away because I had no idea what I was talking about. And I had no idea of like their problems and their thoughts and their, you know, um, I assume they hang out in Sephora all the time. The average teen in this country goes to like a Sephora and Ulta very few times a year. Um, it's just all these kind of things that were just so different from anything I ever imagined. Um, and then I, we just completely decided to change the narrative and be around how do we create something that is truly for them and listen to them throughout the process? And then we created a community of 6,000 teens. And since then, everything we do is backed by research. And we don't make a single decision in the company without, without asking at least 50 to 100 teens because we know we know nothing. And we know that we have no idea. <laughs> so this was like a big, big, big decision factor in our thinking process of how how do we create something that is truly for their issue and not what we think that is their issue? I love that. Listening to your audience and digging deep is so important rather than just assuming that you know what they want. So let's get real specific and talk about your latest company, Bubble. What is Bubble and how does it stand out in the landscape of skincare brands? So Bubble was created, create a whole new category for young skin. So if you look at you know how the world is today and you look at the skincare aisle, there's always been a category of anti-aging. There has always been a category for aging skin. But then when you look at teens and people in their early 20s, they're looking for very different things. First and foremost, which people would say, oh yeah, price is not the main decision factor. For a 15-year-old, price is a huge decision factor. Um, so first of all, not a lot of products are catered to their price points. 
Second of all, nothing is truly there to clear and balance their skin. Because when you think of yourself when you're 17 and when you're 16, you couldn't care less about anti-aging. You couldn't care less about hydration. What you truly care about is, I don't want to break out and I don't want to have acne. Um, and the needs there are just completely different than in your mid-20s and later. Um, and no brand has truly created something for that. So if you think of all the brands today, there are like 400 different options for every skin type, every skin concern, every price point for people over the age of 25. But when you think of people younger than that, they have Proactive, Clean and Clear, um, CeraVe, um, and they have Neutrogena and Cetaphil, which are all brands that have existed since we were teen and since our mom was a teen and truly hasn't really shifted since. Um, some of them are great brands, some of them not so much, but they don't understand the consumer and they don't listen to the consumer. And usually their formulations are outdated and are not truly made to balance their skin. They're just about over drying it. Um, and they try to cater to a lot of different ages, which makes sometimes to not truly be catering to anyone. So we are here to change that and create a whole category, which we call it young skin. Um, which is creating products that are the best possible quality, are truly made to balance and clear your skin, um, are made to really help with acne, um, yet while doing, while doing it with a very, very gentle way. So I, th I think we all know the feeling when we were a teen to like use, you know, clean and clears, proper alcohol, rubbing it all over our acne. Um, so this is these are products that are made to, to completely, you know, in a gentle way, balance the skin, in a very gentle way, clear it. Um, and utilizing a lot of plant extracts, utilizing a lot of really, really effective ingredients, and by the strictest standards ever when it comes to the formulation process. So we have a dermatologist in the team, we have two external chemists, we have a clinical herbalist, we have a product developer, we work with a, one of the best labs in the country. Like We work probably about two years on every product we launch. Um, and we test it on like 80 teens before we actually launch it. So very, very extensive process um, when it comes to our formulations and, and just like we don't formulate with anything that is remotely controversial because we want to create something that is best for, for this generation. So created something that is different from a product perspective and also from a positioning perspective, a brand that is, that is made to listen to them and is truly what they're looking to build and not and use and not what we think they want to use. That is so exciting. What role does influencer marketing play in Bubbles marketing strategy? So I think influencers as a whole is a very, when you talk marketing wise, I think I could talk about it for hours of influencers versus paid ads, um, you know, versus brand ambassador program and just versus any possible other marketing tactic. Um, I think influencer marketing, we work, we have different tiers. So we work with celebrities as the face of the brand. We have um, over a thousand micro influencers that we utilize on a regular ongoing basis for everything we do, which they are part of our kind of a, uh, um, just a part of our influencer program. Um, and then we have brand ambassadors. Influencers can be, you know, there are also very different types of influencers, right? There you have lifestyle influencers, you have mom bloggers, then you have dermatologists and skincare influencers. Each of them are very, very different. You have celebrities, which is a whole nother section. Um, and we see this as a very important core piece of our strategy. 
we see it as one piece of the strategy. It's not everything. So I think something that has really evolved in 2021 and in late 2020 is that if like, you know, three, four, five years ago, you could be a, a company of one trick pony and you could have one thing that is very, very, very successful and very strong and like incredible influencer marketing and you're good. Like it doesn't work anymore today because there's just so many new brands coming into the market. There's so much noise. The average consumer needs to see you about nine to 10 times before they make a decision. When I was a teen, it was like three to four times. So it's it's just the whole process of, you know, getting people to actually try you is so much more challenging. Um, and because of that, we see influencers as first and foremost, um, you know, a big part of everything we do. We let them test their products. We listen to their to their feedback. We develop products based on what they tell us. Um, but also more than that, it's a great tool for brand awareness and great tool to actually um, to actually, you know, get more the brand out there and get more people to try it. It is unlike it used to be like, it's no longer the very strict conversion tool it used to be, which is something that I think talking about from marketing aspect, some people is having a bit of a hard time, like getting used to it. Because if in the past influencers, you would work with an influencer with X million of followers and you will see X conversion out of that those days are over. Like it's a, it's a much, much trickier process because the average consumer just needs to see you so many more times to actually make the decision, purchase the, the purchase decision. Interesting. And so along that note, I mean, what are some of those classic mistakes you see marketers making? I mean, I know you mentioned they kind of expect it to be this quick conversion. Do you see any other mistakes that marketers make in 2021? with their campaigns? I think it's just generally speaking, the world, the entire world of marketing became so much harder. Like it's not, you know, it's, if you have like PR and you have influencers and you have paid ads and all the, and you used to be able to do one of them right or two of them right and explode, like these days are over. It doesn't happen anymore. And it's just so much more challenging to get out there and to get, you know, to be, in, to be a brand that people like tune into and follow because just the noise is so much stronger than it used to be. Um, so I think it's like, first of all, understanding the, um, just understanding how, how the industry and how the landscape looks like, because, you know, we all hear of these, all these beautiful stories of that brand that generated a hundred million in their first year in, in, in the market. But the, like, again, these days are just over. It's, 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 it will might come back, but it's going to take, it's going to take a very long time for it to come back just because the attention of the consumers, we have the exact same amount of consumers, number of consumers that we had in the past, but it's just like so much more noise in the industry. Um, so this is something that is definitely, you know, very, very important for a lot of people to understand. And I think a lot of marketeers don't get it. Um, and I think, other than that, just talking about influencer marketing, understanding that it's no longer, it's like how TV advertising used to be in the past or billboard advertising used to be in the past. It's not a conversion tool. It's a brand awareness tool that the more they see you, the more, you know, they will think about you. They're, they, it will be a retention tool. It will be a brand awareness tool, but you can't expect seeing that immediate conversion. And I think the last thing is that and this is, this is just my, my own personal perspective. And I know that a lot of people would disagree. I, from a marketing perspective, I don't believe a single person who would say that they have, they've built a proper attribution model for influencers. 
Um, I think it's it's nice, and I would love love to have like a beautiful attribution model that we can rely on to know exactly who's generating what. But the general trend of consumers is they see you here and they see you there, and then they'll go and search for you on Google. And it's just a very 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 different process. So the attribution process of unless you have coupon codes, which is also can be, you know, is not always the best attribution, um, is just no longer there as it used to be. Um, so a lot of people try to attribute it exactly like they do for paid ads, and it's not paid ads. And even with iOS 4.14, like 14.5, like even attribution for paid ads is not where it used to be. So I think just adjusting to that whole new world and figuring out like we're entering a very different landscape hitting that mark of generating being the threshold between a million to 5 million in revenues a year is still a beautiful threshold to hit. So kind of get the expectations out there that the process takes a lot longer than it used to. I love that. And what value would you place on being omni-channel, being ubiquitous, being like on every platform? Do you think it's important to be everywhere? Do you think it's important to just focus on those primary channels for Gen Z in particular? I think it's, it's really, it really depends on the brand and what you're building and really kind of what's your consumers and who they are. Like, obviously like a hair care brand that is prestige and higher price point has a very different perspective. You know, a brand that is around, I don't know, kitchen appliances, very different perspective to what we're doing and very different purchase behavior for us specifically. And what we see that is that is right for us it's accessibility you know like our main competitors are neutrogena cetaphil and clean and clear like these these are literally three of the most accessible brands in the country you can't walk into any country in this uh, any store in this country and not see these brands there so competing with that and really allowing our consumers to always have the choice between choosing neutrogena to choose bubble the only way to achieve that is by being super accessible. And, you know, like we would kid ourselves and like if we would think that it will be feasible to create a brand that is just D2C because how can you create a brand that is just D2C when all your competitors are literally in every store their parents are buying, they're buying like the 41% of teens visit Walmart at least twice a month. Like this is just a stat that we, that, that we did before we made a decision to partner with this amazing company. Um, 41% of them. So they go there and they have all these beautiful options for skincare. Could be outdated, could be, you know, they're not emotionally connected to them. They're not excited by them. Terrible ingredients, but super accessible. How can we convince them to go and buy bubble and pay for it? Then it was $7.95. Now it's $4.95 for shipping. It just makes no sense. So we understood that like accessibility has to be a big part of our strategy. And we were very fortunate to be approached by pretty much every retailer in the country in the first week from launch, which was something that we didn't imagine was going to happen. So we were very excited by that. But we, the reason why we decided to go with Walmart, it was that it was by far the option that allowed us the most accessibility with actually being where our consumers are. Um, and this was something that was so important to us to be available to teens and people that don't have a driving license, that don't have a car, that don't have a, cre a credit card, that want to pay in cash, they want to pay close to home, that they can just go physically into a store and buy it. Um, and this was like a huge, huge decision factor in like in, 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 in this uh, decision process. 
So when you think about celebrity influencers for Bubble, how would you differentiate that from an influencer in general? Is that number of followers or some other metric? So we had all of our, the people that we work with have over 120 million followers. We consider people that are in like the millions as like celebrities that are at over 5 million followers for us, they're celebrities. Um, and there we have some incredible people that were part of like the biggest that are part of the biggest show on Netflix for teens. Now um, we have outer banks. We have people that, that are, you know, um, musicians and used to be in dance moms. We have some of the biggest TikTokers like Noah Beck, for example. So we have very different names and we wanted to create like a story with these names. And I don't know if you got the chance to see our launch video, but it actually told the story of like how it's, it's about everyone and for everyone. It's like very, very different kind of vibe. And it's about truly helping you with the things that matters while like your skin doesn't define you. One last question. What advice would you leave our audience with to navigate all of these challenges to have success in the next year, the next five years? I would say there are two things that are the two guiding principles for me, um, which I wish I knew 10 years ago. Um, I would say the first thing is, again, research. Just constantly listen to your consumers and research them and don't assume you know everything because we all assume we know everything, especially, you know, like entrepreneurs usually come with a lot of success in their life because you don't decide to be an entrepreneur unless you, you are very successful in things you've done before. And um, that removing that assumption that you know everything makes you truly a much better brand because you get to listen to your consumers and make the corrections and the changes that you need before you launch or before you actually spend a lot of money testing them. And there are so many startups and so many companies that have tested and that haven't tested and they tested in real time on a consumer. And it's just like could have saved them so much time and money if they would have done it before. That's one. So testing, testing, focus groups, research all the time. And every little part, every assumption you have, like test it on your consumers first. Um, and the second thing that I would say, which this is, I think, again, like being an entrepreneur and building a startup is so hard. And the main, most important thing that I think people should stay with and constantly think about is that these small things that keeps us up at night, if it's supply chain issues, if it's high CPA on our paid ads, if it's hiring, if it's an employee leaving, there are so many it's issues with investors, investors saying no. Like, I think people don't understand how we've all been through these stages. And it's in, in like on a tactical perspective and like on the day to day, these are the things that are keeping us up at night. And we usually give them so much weight that doesn't really matter. Uh, when in three months, a lot of these things in three months we'll just completely forget about and we don't even remember what they are. Um, but now it's like literally keeping, keeping us up at night. So I give things the right kind of, just the right kind of perspective and understanding from the beginning that, yeah, this could be a challenge. Yes, it can be annoying, but it's not the end of the world and it's not going to change everything for us. Some things do, but 99% of stuff wouldn't. So just kind of remember that and keeping things constantly in perspective and not letting you kind of have these crazy heartaches over things that usually in a perspective of two, three months from now don't really matter. Shai, thank you so much for being on this podcast and for sharing so much tactical 
advice with us. And yeah, can't wait to see Bubbles' future success and um, look forward to circling back in the future. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The e-commerce pros podcast is brought to you by VideoFresh. VideoFresh makes it easier than ever to get the custom video content you need for your e-commerce products. Whether you need informative features and benefits videos, scroll-stopping ads, or eye-popping social media videos, the versatile VideoFresh team has you covered. They also have a perfect video guarantee. If you aren't completely satisfied with a video for any reason, they will keep working on it for free until you love every frame. Learn more at videofresh.co.